2021 season is back at a thrilling Thruxton where Cook claims two victories but it's Hill that hits the heights of the championship. This is the Bridge Touring Car Podcast. Hello and welcome back and Thruxton delivered something I thought it could never do. Exciting racing, variable conditions, door-to-door action. The BTCC was back with an absolute bang. Sam, did you enjoy the weekend's action? It was a fantastic weekend of action and the weather just made it that little bit better than I was probably expecting for an opening round. Yeah, I wasn't, as you're probably aware, I wasn't enthused about the idea of opening at Thruxton, but it was a very exciting opening to the championship. Uh, it all began, of course, on the Saturday of qualifying, so let's dive right in. Qualifying report. Yes, the first qualifying session of the year, and uh, what a washout it would be. Um, in changing conditions, um, made it very difficult, unpredictable. Um, however, in the early practice sessions, it was, of course, Ash Sutton that had set the pace. Um, so there were small showers, most drivers going out on wet compound tyres, and the early pace setters looked like they were going to be Ingram, Cook and Sutton. Camish uh, was sitting in fourth early on, obviously first time back in the BTCC car in six months, called in last moment for BTC Racing, and um, Turkington was seeming to struggle early on, wasn't he? Yeah, as the session started, it was fairly damp and wet, um, and the BMW doesn't really work in the rain. That doesn't seem to have much changed over the uh, off period, really. No, they don't seem to be able to get any heat into those either wet tyres or certainly struggle in colder conditions, don't they? I think part of it is, as we'll probably get to in the race, is that they just look so stiff, don't they, the BMWs? I don't know if they're yeah. even more so than last year, but they just don't seem to turn very well. No, they certainly don't. Um Shedden, back in the championship for the first time in a couple of seasons, he was one of the first drivers to, of course, lose a lap time during qualifying. How many times am I going to say that this year? Shall we keep a tally? Oh, I don't like track limits. No, no. Um, although he wasn't the only driver to, um, he did put a legal lap together and showed that he had good pace, putting him inside the top ten. Uh, meanwhile, Jade Edwards, first full, sort of like fully fledged season, uh, in touring cars set a blistering time early on in that BTC Honda um, and put her up to 8th sort of like midway through the session yeah we all know that the Honda's got a lot of pace into it Paul O'Neill's tipped Jade for a few podiums which I think might be slightly over egging the pudding uh, somewhat but uh, you know it was a very good indication of what might be coming and proof there is uh, certainly still pace in that Honda Civic uh, and that was proved even more by Cook sending his Honda to the top of the times Rory Butcher, um, in his Corolla for this season, seemed to be struggling early on, in se- early on in the session, either not being able to find a clear lap or struggling with tyre warm-up. It wasn't apparent uh, to what he was struggling with, but he was down sort of like in about 20th, wasn't he? Yeah, and interesting, some comments from uh, parts of Tom Ingram's interviews uh, over on the Sunday suggest that he has taken some of his team with him to Hyundai, which mm. might have some bearings on how the car works at Speedworks this year. I wonder whether that's more of a mental thing for Tom and having the right people around him to get him in the right mindset for the race weekend. Absolutely. And he he had decent pace throughout qualifying as well, didn't he, Ingram? 
Yeah, very much so. Uh, Sutton, however, was still the standout individual, um, and every time someone like put another time in at the top of the times, he would be there fighting back with one that was either just as good or, or, or better than. Um, Butcher went on to improve from his poor early pace to rise up to sixth, despite having the lap time before that deleted, another one to fall foul of the track limits, uh, and the BMWs were still struggling. Turkington was getting the most pace out of the car, but Oliphant was struggling down in 16th. Um, again, as you say, that car seems too stiff in the wet. I wonder whether they were looking for more of a Sunday setup, but they do seem to struggle at Thruxton as well, don't they? Yeah, and part of the problem was that the conditions were changing. You know, it was do you go on wets? When do you move on to the slicks? You know, it it was changeable conditions, and I think quite a few drivers towards the end of the session were getting caught out with whether to twist or stick or not. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Plato, who's back on the grid this season in that old Vauxhall Astra now, oldest car on the grid, um, was seeming to struggle for pace during qualifying, despite the pace he had in the practice sessions earlier in the day. Yeah, I think you know, part of that's always going to be that practice, the track's clear or clearer, or you can you know make your own practice session really, and different teams will be trying different things. You know, Qualifying is always that level where everyone's pushing, and you know, it's likely you'd have thought that there was some sandbagging going on up and down the grid. Yeah, so coming towards the end of the session, about eight minutes left of the 30-minute session, drivers were coming in and starting to decide what their final set of tyres were going to be, um, whether to stay on the wets or to gamble and go on to the slicks, uh, just to find those extra tenths of a second to improve their grid slot. Uh, Hill, followed by Oliphant and then Butcher, all went top of the times within about 20 seconds of each other. Um, across the line, taking tenths off of each lap. Um, drivers seem to be able to get two or even three quick laps on the final set of tyres. Now, I don't know whether that's drivers on, on wets or slicks, but they, the track seemed to keep coming to them, and those times at the end seemed to keep improving, didn't they? Yeah, and of course, the more drivers that drive around a wet circuit with wet tyres, the more water that gets sucked away from the track surface, and thus the drying line appears. And I think some drivers took the risk to go on to the slicks and see if they could set that lap time on the slicks. It had to be decided with about four or five uh, laps to go because obviously you need to warm up the tyres. What you'd normally do is warm them up, then swap them in the pits and then go out for your fast lap. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Plato, meanwhile, had jumped up to seventh, showing the sort of pace that he was uh, showing in practice, while Jackson, in his uh, Ford for this season went sixth twice after having his first time deleted. Uh, not all drivers were able to improve though due to uh, yellow flags late in the session as a consequence of Jade Edwards going off um, and sustaining quite heavy front end damage. Yeah, it wasn't a great weekend for BTC's budget as we'll come to, but um, <laughs> yeah, an, uh, an early sight. Uh, Certainly on that car. Yeah, an early lesson for her. Yes, um, there was still more controversy to come, however, as in the final seconds of the session, uh, Mr. Plato would go on to possibly block Hill coming possibly. through the final chicane uh, and before entering the pit lane, um, possibly denying Hill of actually a top four start on the grid. Yeah, I can't defend Jason on this one. I mean, he's he no. subsequently said he's apologised and said that he at the last minute decided he was going to bail the lap and go to the pit. For me, he breaks way too early for the last chicane if he's all, if he's not decided at that point he's bailing. Um, and then the um, the amount of gap that Hill makes up coming into yeah. that final chicane, the, the, I think he already knows what's going on, knows what's happening. And then he's pushing play it through the chicane. If you're aborting the lap exactly. or not, you still don't need to go that slowly through the chicane. Um, even if you buy that he decides at the last minute to to bail, 
fine, but there's no legitimate reason to go that slowly through the chicane. No. Um, however, the fastest times of the day were left to the last few cars that crossed the line in Sutton, Cook and Turkington, who would go on to make the top three for race one grid. Uh, the rest followed with Ingram in fourth, Butcher fifth. Oliphant did well to get sixth in the end. Um, Hill probably suffered a bit for that and was down in seventh. Shedden in eighth, Jackson in ninth and Chris Smiley in tenth. Interesting session. Um, Hyundai showed okay, did very well in, in the hands of Ingram, as we would expect. Um, slightly eating your words on that one, aren't you, mate? On Ingram, yes, but I'm still not convinced on the car itself. It didn't perform particularly well throughout the weekend. Ingram in the rain could probably get a one of those Fisher-Price cars you put your legs through for the pedals to work in the rain, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think there's going to be bigger tests of it. I think Snetterton is going to be the acid test for it at a track where slow cars suffer. Uh, if you can get it, get it singing there, then perhaps I'll start to think about serving myself up a slice of humble pie. Okay. Well, the weather report looks much better for Sunday, um, so we'll get on to race one now. Race one. Lights out for the first time, and Sutton got the jump on Turkington, both using the rear wheel, rear wheel drive to their advantage. Uh, however, Sutton's lead was fairly uh, short, an instant with Turkington straight away. Uh, Sutton spun after contact from Turkington that tagged the rear of the Infinity just as Cook was taking Turkington for the lead. Uh, Turkington would later be uh, punished for this incident, having a 17 second time penalty to put him behind Sutton who recovered to ninth. Uh, fairly cut and dry on this one. Uh, yeah, very much so. Um, shades of last season at Donington Park, I must admit. At first, when I saw the incident, we we both thought, I think, that um, Sutton had lost it on his own. And yeah, before it was cold tyres on the rear of a yeah, on the rear wheel drive car that he'd gone in too hard on cold tyres. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it turns out that Turkington really wanted to keep the place from Cook, who was challenging around the outside of him, and he just left his braking far, far too late. Yeah, I think I think that's, you've summed it up. I think it's an error on Turkington's part. He just misses the braking zone completely and ends up just sending Sutton into a into a spin. Uh, Colin was then under attack from Tom Ingram, who decided to do a, a typical Ingram move at Church, uh, which moved him up. But this was. Uh, Ingram's progress was cut short by a safety car, which was called after a somewhat rusty Shedden had a trip to the tyre barrier after running into the rear of Ollie Jackson's car, which uh, caught Smiley, who was the innocent and unfortunate party, who was just a passenger as Shedden sideswiped him as he came across the circuit. Um, again, this to me is just a, a one one man responsibility. It's Shedden's mistake for me very much so he, he seemed to have sort of like uh, an overspeed on jackson and nowhere to go and didn't get out of it soon enough um got into the back of it and yeah smiley was really unfortunate to get collected it was a heavy impact by the look of the damage yeah i think it was just race rustiness on shedden's part that yeah he didn't quite anticipate jackson breaking albeit jackson looked to break on the apex of the corner but obviously when you're at, when you're at the first lap you're expecting a level of concertinaing and squabbling so you need to be that extra turned on for potentially errors where you wouldn't expect braking to occur. Yeah, very uh, much so. The safety car was of course good news for Ash and good news for Oliphant who we thought originally had gone off for a spin on cold tyres as well but it would later transpire that Turkington managed to spin him round after uh, he had a little moment himself. I, I mean that that's a comedy of errors and I wish someone had caught it on, on the coverage. 
Um, but yeah, just to see Oliphant just off in the grass in the middle of nowhere, and like, oh, how the hell has he got there? Um, but yeah, it it wasn't a good first race for uh, for him in the BMW, was it? No. Uh, when the lights did go out on on the safety car, Cook led the way uh, from Ingram, who and both those two dropped hill quite quickly from the restart. And then we saw Ingram's only real attack for the lead, which was into Cobb, where he asked a couple of questions of Cook, but Cook held his line and kept the door well closed. Uh, the midfield was about as close as you'd expect it to be, uh, with Moffat, Bordley and Robot all involved. Robot was doing quite well, actually, uh, showing good pace. Now the, the only person who could realistically score points for uh, Halford, certainly in that race, and possibly for the weekend, because at that point we didn't know how bad the Shedden's car was damaged. Uh, and then we saw a, quite a scary moment, shades of Billy Monger in many ways, Sutton and Oliphant, who suddenly had a very slow Hamilton in front of them. It, I, it literally came out of nowhere. And and you had one car going one side, one car going the other. Um, we think it was a, a technical, mechanical issue for Hamilton. Um, but, I don't know, it, what can you sort of like do in that situation? I don't know, I think the cars have indicators could you put some sort yes. of hazard signal on and, and warn those drivers behind you? Yeah, it's a difficult one because when, you know, when did it take place? When exactly. did it drop out? You know, it is a really hard one. Um, but obviously that could have been a really nasty accident. Both drivers were able to avoid that. Yep. Uh, we then saw what I thought was perhaps the move of the day, uh, Robottom on Morgan at club. Um, Morgan looked very twitchy throughout uh, the day in the new BMW, but it was an excellent pass by Robottom. Yeah, I think Morgan is going to take a few weekends probably to adapt to that BMW. We know this is a track that they struggle at, um, and him being in that car in race trim for the first time, it, it's always going to be a little uh, little twitchy, as you say. Out front, uh, the front three, Cook, Ingram and Hill were all in a bit of a battle of their own, but neither really fighting for position, just all having separated from the rest of the field. Hamilton uh, has a lot of grass in his radiator indicating it off somewhere, if that was related to his incident we just discussed i'm not sure uh, then jelly had a issue he had to come into the pits with what looked to be a problem which was later confirmed to be a transmission issue uh, sutton was recovering but no doubt spitting feathers behind the infinity's wheel and he managed to get himself up to 17th so he's getting ever closer to the points we then saw quite a, a typical touring car battle pack if you like plato and butcher swapping paint which let carriage pick off both cars at once in a superb if opportunistic move it was uh, an excellent that was quite move. fun to watch. Yeah, com- coming out of the um, chicane, he just gets the cut back on both of those two battling. And he's like, yeah, thanks, boys, for that position. And then seemed to just drive away from both of them as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what the touring cars is great for, isn't it? You have somebody who just sits behind, waiting, waiting, and then, okay, you've left a left a gap. I'm going to come past you both and make you look both very, very silly. Yeah, it's experience as well from him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sutton had got to 13th by this point and once again I mean we're going to say it probably all season he's got a rocket ship underneath him again hasn't he uh, uh, how long is it going to be until BMW or or Halfords or, or BTC complain about the amount of speed that solely Sutton can get out of that car and I think that's the only thing, reason that other teams haven't complained about it yet I'd agree I think that might be what the saving grace is because yeah. it appears that Moffat after a season and a half Hasn't managed it. And Bordley, who had a decent weekend, as we'll come to. Um, but yeah, you're right. Sutton in that car is just ridiculous. It's just unbelievable. It's like he's playing Mario Kart and he's got all of the boosters on at the same time. It's just ridiculous. It, it's almost like he was on a completely dry track and the rest of them were on greasy tarmac. He, he yeah. just had so much traction and could 
turn a lot tighter on a lot of the corners and still get the same or more speed than the other drivers. Worth noting, of course, that the car was ballast-free. We haven't seen it run this weekend with anything remotely resembling what you'd expect him to run for the rest of the season. So perhaps yeah. when the ballast, which has gone up, of course, that might be an indicator at Snetterton, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, as the laps fell, Turkerton was typical Colin, kind of on the back of Hill waiting for him to make a mistake, but not going to force the issue. Hill, who's a very mature driver these days, just remained nice and tidy. Uh, and made sure he offered Colin absolutely nothing and Colin first race of the season wasn't going to force the issue. Uh, Plato and Butcher kept fighting but Plato couldn't pass the Toyota and Robottom had managed to get himself up into 8th which is quite uh, impressive for him on his uh, opening weekend. Uh, Sutton would then pass Moffat for 10th possibly under team orders which uh, resembled a strong recovery drive to 9th. Uh, that was pretty much the first race of Cook taking the chequered flag in a really commanding win from Ingram uh, as Hill held off Turkington for third. Uh, Cook took the fastest lap in that race as well, so your top 15 for race one was Cook, Ingram, Hill, Turkington, Camish, Butcher, Plato, Robottom, Morgan, Sutton, Moffat, Bordley, Goff, Chilton, Oliphant, who'd recovered but not as well as Sutton did. Uh, and who was your driver of the race? Uh, my driver of the race for that one was Robottom. So he'd qualified down in 16th, um, which was sort of like maybe the positions we thought he might be sort of like challenging for for this season. Um, but I don't know whether he'd had a radio call from Matt Neal or something to say that, right, Shedden's out the race, you need to get your skates on. But his his drive was composed and measured. He didn't take any big risks, and he took the opportunities to come through the field well and end up seventh in seventh in the race once obviously Turkinson got his penalty afterwards um, and won the Jack Sears in that, that round. Yep, that's fair enough. I've gone for Bordley, uh, new car, still fairly new to the sport, a very fast and committed circuit and did very well to hold his own and score some points along the way. Yeah, it was it was good good run out from him. Right. On to race two then Sam. Race two well, getting on to race two then, as we previously mentioned, Turkington took that penalty for the contact with Sutton, which uh, dropped him down behind Sutton in the classifications and would have him starting 10th. However, he would still be carrying the ballast that he uh, achieved finishing 4th. Now, the ballast has gone up this season, with the winner taking 75 kilos worth of pain for race two, followed by 66, 57, 48, which Turkington would be carrying. 39 for 5th, 33 for 6th, 27 for 7th, 21 for 8th, 15 for 9th, and 9 kilos for 10th, which is what Sutton was carrying. Now, uh, start of the race, Sutton gets off the grid excellently, with obviously the power from the rear-wheel drive, cutting between Morgan and Rowbottom. Uh, meanwhile, towards the rear of the pack, however, there was a huge incident involving uh, Andy Neat, Glingetti, and Jade Edwards. Uh... Andy Neat got into the back of Geddy going through the first corner, which on the opening lap, depending on your confidence, your feeling in the car can either be flat or it can be a slight lift, maybe even a dab on the brakes just to settle the car, depending what drivers are around you. Um, Geddy had touched the brakes going through turn one just to stabilise the car, um, and replays show that Neat apparently not lifting, certainly not touching the brakes, didn't see any brake lights come on, um, and Jade, who was on the outside of these two was an innocent party being collected 
by the two of them after Geddy had been spun round. Then travelling backwards towards the barrier, Geddy was launched by the tyres over the bonnet of Edwards. Um, one of the bigger accidents that we've seen, certainly in the last three, four, five seasons maybe. Um, and those three cars have stood up fantastically to the impacts that were there. Yeah, it's a testament to Team Hard who've obviously built that Cooper from scratch effectively and they've made that a very safe machine. BTC have always built them strong and the, the Ford and each took the punishment well. What do you say? I mean, what, what, what do you say? I mean, we don't want to go into witch hunt and we don't want to drive a bash or anything like that, but, you know, some things are indefensible. You know, it's the fastest circuit in the UK. You're starting towards the back of the grid. You can't expect it to be going flat through there, really, because of the concertina in, into the first corner, as you'd expect. And then, do you know what it looked like? It looked like one of the Forza lobbies that you play online. Yeah. Just, you know... There's something that the, the drivers always say. You can't win it going into the first corner, but you can certainly lose it. Yeah which is exactly what seemed to happen there. Um, I don't know whether he's had a rush of blood to the head or there's maybe been something that's gone on in the previous race that the cameras and, and all the spectators or the teams have meet, missed. Um, but there certainly seemed to be a lack of driver ability and, and forethinking into that incident. And the the excuses that he gave afterwards to Jade and Glynn after they all got out of their cars safely um, don't seem to have added up to the punishment that has been handed out to him. Oh, and that's the thing we always, in the heat of the moment you have to remember that these are cars and when they go wrong they can go wrong badly. I'm thinking back to 2006 when I think Plato and Thompson's drive shafts snapped and uh, Mike Jordan got speared into the wall at high speed I don't think yep. any of those parties were at fault. It was just a freak accident and it can happen. But or a brake failure on the final couple of laps at Brands Hatch and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it can happen. What you know what was obvious from the pictures was there was no brakes from Neat going into the first corner, but there were brake lights going on in the wall when he was in the tire barrier. So it would suggest yep. there wasn't a tire uh, sorry, a brake issue. It would also be odd, not impossible, but odd for you not to realise there's a problem on the warm up lap. Um, getting to your grid slot and starting it's oh, I'm not saying it's impossible but it'd be unusual yep. um, and then to you know, say it's a mechanical issue well that's clearly not what the clerk of the course felt because when the image of the charge sheet which appears to be genuine has appeared on multiple respectable sites including released Tim, on many sources including Tim Harvey's Twitter uh, exactly suggests that there was no evidence of a mechanical failure so I mean uh, th th the the overspeed that he has on the drivers in front of him going into that corner makes no sense either. Um, and the only thing I'd I'd wondered was whether we had the throttle stuck open. At, but again, that's not what has appeared to come out since. So no, certainly not. Um, what's also interesting before we move away from that, because I don't think it's much more we can say, is that it's odd and or interesting that Motorpest haven't made any form of official statement. Which, if there was a mechanical issue, you would have expected some form of, of official statement on on their behalf to explain um, yeah. and it was also interesting that they spoke to uh, Edwards Geddy and um, the team hub Gillum, Gillum. Tony Gillum yeah. um, and they didn't speak to or if they did they didn't show Andy Neat's interview on ITV no I, I wonder whether there if there is a fallout from this whether we'll see a, a similar sort of apology to some instance that happened last season that involved 
uh, Anthony at the same circuit with Bordley. Um, but if there's a statement released from him explaining things, it, it's up to the uh, the reader to um, take it on face value. Uh, anyway, that brought out a red flag, um, as was expected, with a, a car upside down on the grass at the exit of Turn 1. And the race would restart with all their drivers in their original grid positions. The race got reduced to 12 laps from 16 because of the incident and the time that it took to clear up that mess. Um, credit to the marshals, again, brilliant job clearing that up quickly and luckily there didn't seem to be too much damage on the barrier apart from tyres scattered everywhere. Uh, Butcher managed to get the best restart um, in the top 10. Uh, Hill got swamped and Ash Sutton didn't quite get as good a start as he had previously. Into the first complex, complex Cook managed to get a big slide um, either coming off the kerb or cold rear tyres and Ingram who was on the outside of him managed to um, almost catch his slide and put him back straight didn't he yeah it was a kind of sporting in a way yeah. was, uh, as you say Cook seemed to suggest that he maybe rode a bit too much kerb which sent him out of, out of sorts which sent him into Ingram who in turn held his slide and tapped him back so it was quite a quite fortunate for Cook really because Ingram probably saved him a bit of uh, embarrassment back in the in the paddocks. Very much so, especially as it was Ingram who got shuffled down the order from that instant, and, and Cook held the lead. Um, through the fast left-hander that followed of Noble, Butcher got a huge slide. We, we can only expect on cold tyres. There didn't look like there was any touch from uh, Hill, who had slid down behind him. I, it's just cold tyres early on in the race, and he's found the barrier in a big way. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think there's any contact. I mean, there's been no penalty to Hill no. following the uh, race weekends I'm aware of, and it, he looked to be too far in front of Hill as well. And it's a bit of a mistake. It's a bit of a Roy Butcher mistake, isn't it? Mm. it it's certainly a costly one because uh, the rest of his weekend didn't exactly go to plan, as we'll get on to. Uh, on the way up to the line, or coming into the final complex, just as we were waiting for safety car boards to come out from that instant from Butcher, uh, we see Morgan about three miles off the track in the grass. Uh, now, we weren't quite sure what happened at the time, but we believe he had a small coming together with Ingram, who uh, later on got penalty points, am I right? Yeah, and a, re and a uh, reprimand from the stewards for running a car off the circuit so it suggests that Ingram didn't give him enough space and ran him into the grass which I've not seen the incident so I can't comment but no. obviously running running people onto the grass it's it's that weird grey area isn't it because it is kind of allowed but it is also kind of dangerous yes yeah. especially with know, wet grass as well yeah I mean we saw it in the F1 a couple of years ago over Stapp and runs Leclerc wide and Leclerc gets very angry about it but Ar arguably we can <laughs> say you saw it at Imola this year when Russell dropped a um, a wheel on the grass and catapulted into um, Bottas. But yeah, running a driver wide can have big and dangerous consequences. But I think you have to potentially take into consideration the corner speed and the track conditions as well when making a judgment. But having not seen the incident, it's too it's a bit difficult to comment on the exact ins and outs. Yeah, uh, so that meant that Morgan had to come into the pits to get the grass cleared out of the front of his brand new BMW. Meanwhile, his teammate Chilton uh, suffered a technical problem much earlier in the lap that none of us saw until the safety car was out, um, which ended his race early. He hasn't had a great start to the weekend, has he, in that BMW? No, it's, been a, it's going to be a learning curve uh, for sure. 
Yep. Uh, Sutton was also forced into the pits uh, while the safety car was out. Uh, believed to be a possible like technical engine issue, maybe an electrical issue, um, that sent him to the back of the field. Where uh, he's probably used to starting back there now. I mean, he might as well not bother qualifying us there and just stick him at the back and see how he goes. I mean, it makes the race a hell yeah. of a lot more interesting. Yeah, it's always fun to watch somebody overtake. And if we had the Dunlop Forever Forward Award, which we don't obviously anymore, it's been replaced by the Wingfoot Award, but. Sutton would win it by about round four, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, as the short run race continued, action seemed to settle down a little bit, and it was Robottom and Ash Sutton who were making the most notable progress. Dan managed to get past Plato with relative ease, um, and also Ingram, who seemed to struggle a little bit with the weight on board. I think part of that would be because Hyundai probably have a bit of a nosebleed of Ingram finishing uh, as high as they did in race one. They just won't have the data. Yeah, They just won't have the data on... on running that sort of weight and of course running that sort of weight with Tom's driving style which I would imagine is quite different to what they had in the car last year yes very much so uh, Bordley was hit with a 5 second penalty during the race for what we believe to for him being out of position on the grid because uh, in race 3 Oliphant was hit with the same penalty um, which was quite distracting as he kept jumping up the timing screen on the left hand side and then falling back down when his penalty was added yeah, slightly poor form. I mean, to get a penalty for something like that, I mean, it's happened to the best of them. But it always amuses me that, you know, if in doubt, just stay a couple of, you know, centimetres back. It amuses it's me a, more that the technical way that they fix this issue is some tape on a wall for a lot of drivers. Fine, <laughs> if that works fine, but, you know, just, just be a bit cautious, you know. If, if, you, if you know you're going to get a five-second time penalty, which in the touring cars is years, I mean, just... Yeah. Just, just be a bit careful. Uh, Chris Smiley's weekend went from bad to even worse. Following the contact from that race one incident with Shedden, it looked like he had more technical issues and dropped to the back of the field. Uh, certainly a weekend he will be looking to move on from. Uh, however, out front, Cook, Camish just sort of like drove off into the distance, didn't they? It was really comfortable. Yeah, yeah and Camish probably did his hopes or chances at least of a full driver BTC no harm at all by obeying orders and managing to suppress that in a race that he, he possesses and not going for Cook. Uh, I thought it was quite interesting and could be quite a telling moment that Cook, even a full weight on board, wasn't slow. I was expecting him to struggle in race two. Same. But he held the weight, held the, held the weight really well and actually that they might have a proper chance this year because that car looks good. Although we saw last year at Thruxton where Ingram managed to hold the weight well in the Corolla and take that True. second race win. So I wonder whether it's track dependent. Obviously, no big, not many big braking points at Thruxton where that weight transfer really messes up the, the speed of the car. Um, Hill finished third. Um, he was your driver of the race, wasn't he? Yeah, just didn't get in, into himself into any trouble. Defended from Plato well. Would have been easy to have been unsettled or spooked by Plato's presence after the qualifying incident. Hmm. Um, it'd be very easy for you to make a mistake or you know, overdrive because it's Jason behind you and you've already got a bit of history this weekend. But you know, drove very well, managed his race well. Okay, didn't quite have the pace to keep up with the Hondas, but the Hondas rounds Thruxton are a different animal, aren't they? Oh, very much so. Uh, for me, again, Sutton had a fantastic race despite his early issues. Obviously, fixing that issue during the safety car was 
excellent idea. They weren't sure whether they would be able to manage it through the race, um, and he fought back through the field, as we say, like a rocket ship, uh, to finish ninth. The top 15 looked as follows. Cook from Camish from Hill on the podium. Uh, Rowbottom managed to get up to fourth from seventh, followed by Plato, Ingram, Turkington, Moffat, Sutton, and Oliphant. Uh, Jelly finished 11th, followed by Goff, Jackson, Lloyd, who we haven't really mentioned this weekend, had a solid weekend for the first weekend in that car, and also Taylor Smith. Also, good good effort by Jelly, just come for the back, effect of the back of the grids into the points. That's a pretty good effort. Um, I know he's much maligned in your in your book but that's a that's a pretty good effort it, it was a really good effort and he got the uh, absolute benefit of it from taking pole for race three absolutely should we digest that one next certainly it was uh, something to get your teeth around wasn't it absolutely race two as, as you say, uh, Stephen Jelly would line up on pole, which actually made it uh, the front five places would all be rear-wheel drive cars, so there'd be a big battle for who could get the most grip and traction off the line. Uh, race 3 was actually brought forward slightly following an incident in the F4, which made it quite interesting because the rain was just beginning to fall. Uh, with around eight minutes to go, most teams had a question to answer whether they went for wets or slicks. Now, uh, this saw a uh, the grid... Uh, a flow of activity which saw most teams take the risk and go for wets uh, those included Turkish and Sutton and Ingram although his call came very very late and if Tom Ingram's past tyre choice been anything to go with I should imagine there's a slight debate over the radio as to what to do very much so um, yeah teams didn't really have long to get ready for this because of the, the scheduling and having to be live for ITV4 um, they made the very quick decision to call off that F4 race and then run it after this final touring car race, which means the teams had like maybe 10 minutes to get ready. Um, obviously, Shedden and Butcher were still trying to get their cars back together, had some technical issues. Um, but yeah, the tyre choice was a real, a real quandary over what to go for and what was best as the rain was starting to fall. Yeah, and you made a good point whilst uh, whilst watching that, you know, this was the, or oh, years gone by, this would have been a classic example where you put slicks on the front and wets at the back um, because it wasn't wet enough for wets at this point and it wasn't probably wasn't dry enough for slicks yep. either. Um, Oliphant opted to stay on to the slicks, uh, as did Cook and Hill, uh, and as the race was getting ready to begin, investigations were pending against Cook and Ingram for not having the wheels on the car in time and both would later be hit by 30 second penalties it's slam dunk it's a bit harsh perhaps given how quickly they're expected to get to the grid and then how quickly the conditions changed but the rules are the rules and everyone else managed to get it done in time so it's a safety concern and that's that's very much all they're worried about is clearing the grid at the right time um to get the race underway and there there not to be any issues with if you're putting these tires on late are they done up properly are you gonna have a wheel coming off and stuff like that yeah, and as I say, you you had the rest exactly. of the grid that managed to, you know, do it. So if, if everyone was late, then you'd say, well, okay, perhaps cut a bit more slack. But everyone else managed it. So uh, as you say, uh, there was a few holes on the grid. Geddy and Neat weren't able to get out for race uh, three. Obviously, Team Hard have a mega job on now trying to rebuild Geddy's car. At least they've got five weeks to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, they should do it comfortably. But I mean, you know, as, as Geddy said, they just had spent all winter building five cars they're looking forward mm. to a break but yeah that's not going to happen nope. for those guys now uh, Edwards and Butcher were able to make it back out with Shedden a little bit touch and go Matt Neal confirming there were some gremlins with the Civic 
but ultimately Flash did make it out, albeit he was at the back of the grid. He had to, him and Butcher had to forfeit where they would have started to start right yep. from the back. Uh, when the lights did go out, Jelly pulled away from Sutton in the slippery conditions, and it became immediately obvious that the slick tyre wasn't the tyre of choice as Oliphant dropped back very, very quickly through the it field. It was almost reminiscent uh, of Bobby Thompson at Alton Park last season. However, they were all in the dry then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Turkerton eased past Moffat for third, who I thought might have put up a little bit more of a fight. Uh, but conditions were getting steadily worse, corner by corner almost. Uh, Sutton would then rub Jelly for the lead and Ash, in typical Ash fashion, took... Uh, the top spot and Turkton followed through to second. Uh, remarkably, Shedden jumped to 13th after a lap or so, which uh, he really had the bit between his teeth after a disappointing race. I, I reckon they were just putting a little Noz bottle in there. Uh, no technical gremlins, they were just putting a little bit of nitrous in there because his race three performance <laughs> was astonishing. Is he still sponsored by Rockstar Energy Drink? <laughs> they put that in the fuel instead? I mean, <laughs> I didn't see it on his hat no, this, this no. weekend, so maybe not, but. Um, unfortunately, Edwards was forced into the pits with damage, which possibly was a run over from race two, and that sums up a pretty frustrating weekend for her. Uh, Ingram would pit early to take his penalty, possibly gambling on a safety car to allow him to catch up or a change of conditions, uh, as he but, was on the wet. But then at he this followed point. it in the next lap to pit for a change of tyres, which just really yeah, compounds the issue of you've made the wrong decision or you think you've made the wrong decision on the grid. You've then got penalised because of how late that decision was and then you're going to compound it even further by making another pit stop. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on here. I mean, okay, you've got nothing to lose by going into the slicks, but equally, you're in a fast car. If a fast driver does wear in the wet, just stick it out. There's likely to be a safety car. At this point, you're thinking it's wet conditions. There's a good chance to be a safety car. You're on the wet tyre. You do well in the wet. Just yeah. fight back through yeah. the field. Yeah, it was an odd, odd choice. Uh, Sheridan would then set a provisional fastest lap and go 10th on the road by lap 4 and was quickly on to uh, Robottom's bumper. Uh, Hamilton had a heart-in-mouth moment or a brown trouser moment, depending on which way you want to look at it, uh, holding a slide very well uh, before Cook took his penalty and then, as you said, Ingram pitted this time for slicks. Uh Moffat and Plato had a nice little battle pack going yes, on, didn't they? Yes, um, they, they were in and around those drivers who were struggling on the slicks and, and trying to battle through. Plato was showing really quite decent pace in these damp conditions. Um, he certainly hasn't lost his touch in that season out. No, absolutely not. Uh, the cars on slicks were struggling, however, then with about 10 laps to go, Oliphant set the fastest lap time, which was a possible indication that conditions were turning. Uh, the question was going to be, was there going to be enough time for the conditions to turn with 10 laps? Though 10 laps sounds a long time, but a thruxon that goes very, the, very the, quickly. The fact is, that but fastest lap was about three seconds, possibly nearly four seconds quicker than what Sutton was doing at the front. Yeah, and then suddenly all the cars on slicks found their pace, uh, and it looked very much like the tide was going to turn. Uh, Plato and Moffat continued to squabble, uh, with Plato forcing his way through fairly robustly but fairly, and more, Moffat would then pull off to the side of the road with an issue. Um, then the the real problem for Oliphant came when he was handed the five-second penalty, again seemingly for being out of position, which would really hurt him considering how high he was able yeah, to Yeah, Tim climb. Harvey noticed that as he was sitting on the grid, um, but... Didn't want to say it because he didn't want to get it wrong. However, he'd got many other things wrong during the weekend. Yes, rustiness. We're all rusty after so long away, yeah. 
this is one of the things I couldn't quite understand, that Carriage and Robot and both dashed in to get Slicks on. I mean, yes, at that point Oliphant was, was going quick, but there was no indication that that was the end of the conditions, and there were still, both Oliphant and Carriage were both fairly high up. If you're at the back of the grid, you take the chance, of course you do. Just, there seems to be a real odd flurry of people running into the pits. Perhaps they were getting excited about Silverstone a couple of years ago and the same thing happening. I don't know. It was an, an yeah, odd one. Yeah, the, the, there's something to be said about being on the right tyre at the right time, but that normally goes for longer races and where you have normal pit stops like in F1. I remember Jensen Button doing it in Canada one year. He made like a ridiculous two stops more than anyone else and won the race. But you kind of have to stick with your, your instincts in touring cars and just just battle it out as best you can, really. Well, this is proved by Hill. I mean, you know, Hill was now the fastest of the cars on slicks, charged into fifth, and you said at that point he's going to yeah. win this race. Um, cause he was just getting quicker and quicker, and he was the way he just drove past... Plato was driving yeah. backwards, effectively, just p- power past JP on the straights, uh, and just picked up everyone in front of him like sitting ducks, uh, sitting ducks, got straight past Turkington and began to reel in Sutton whilst Oliphant was doing the business behind. But as Hill took the lead, the rain started to fall again, which then led to, again, bizarre decisions. Robot and pitted, this time again for wets. I mean, <laughs> there's not enough time into... Touring car tyres and wheels take a long time to change, in comparatively speaking, to other you know, disciplines of the sport. Yeah, it's not a, not a two-second pit stop like you get in F1, is it? It's... Um... No. Sort of like ten seconds for each wheel. You've, in my mind, you've got to you've got to just pick a tire and stick on it. You can't keep coming in and out of the pits because the, this is Britain. The weather changes on a sixpence, you know. And, <laughs> As we saw, yeah, you know, Hill made the decision to go on slicks at the start, and it paid off. He was into the lead, but as the rain began to fall, uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, how long could Hill hold on for? But again, I mentioned Robot and Carriage did the same. Went back in to get the wet tire. You know, yes, the rain's getting harder. Yes, you're probably not going to do anything on slicks. But if you just the daft thing for those two is they only pitted like a lap or two ago to get the slicks on in the first place. Yeah, and that, and they were back down to like in about twentieth, and yeah. they weren't really going to make anything from there. And yes, you can hope for a safety car and stuff like that, but they'd gone a lap down. Yeah, the only way that makes any sense is if the rest of the field are on slicks and you're going you're going first to get the wets, yeah. like, like we saw at um, Silverstone a couple of years ago. Yeah, it yeah. makes no sense to do it that late on in the race uh, for the slicks or again to go back onto the wets. Uh, Ash then would get past Hill, who I don't know how Hill was keeping it going so fast. I mean, it well, was incredible. He said afterwards, didn't he, that the warmth that he'd managed to get into the tyre when he was fighting through and had all that grip. He was able to keep a lot of that warmth and sort of like almost dry the surface up below the tyre to find extra grip and just sort of like balancing that slide in those slippery conditions, which I think is the only reason that he managed to hold on so well at the end of the race. It's an excellent drive from him though because they were really treacherous conditions to be doing it on slicks and you've got Ash behind you as well. Exactly. And when Ash made the move, Hill wasn't happy just letting him through, did he? He nibbled back and tried his best. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, fair play to him. It was a you know on on the wrong tire, and he absolutely wasn't going to you know let him through without a fight, which is good to see. Um, the BMW was seemingly strung, struggling again in the rain. Uh, Shedden and Plato both picked off Turkerton with relative ease, and Oliford, whilst having a good run on the sticks initially, was now falling back again. Yeah. Um, Butcher's mid- miserable weekend continued. Contact with Bordley, in fairness, this is not really Butcher's fault. He gets no. caught up in a par fit, Bordley instant, and does the right thing in taking evasive action, and then hits Bordley. 
a little bit unlucky. I was going to say, um, a, it was a bit of a careless dive from Parfit as well. Um, a yeah. lunge down the inside, which sent Bordley spinning, and Butcher didn't really have anywhere to go, as you say. No, I'd agree. Uh, Plato then slid by Oliphant for a podium place on the road. He'd al he was already ahead with Oliphant's time penalty. Um, and Hill was still absolutely nailed, hanging on to second remarkably well. Uh, then Sutton took the flag. Uh, Plato just pipped Hill on the line, which was... I was gutted for Hill. Happy for Plato to get a podium, but gutted for Hill. Uh, and shared him from the back of the grid to fourth. And shout out to Dan Lloyd, who had a fairly under-the-radar weekend, but finished fifth, which is an excellent result for PMR, who actually now lead the independent team championship. Yeah, it's a fantastic result from them. Um, and Lloyd, as you say, he'd gone completely under the radar all weekend, um, but had come out with that excellent result in race three. Shedden very, very nearly beat Hill to the line like Plato did. I think those drivers were covered by a tenth of a second as they crossed the line. Yeah, something interesting as well while this was going on is that Cook was out, at, you know, a lap down, but now on the right tyre, so it looked to be trying to set fastest lap, which seemed to really irk Plato for some reason uh, in the interviews afterwards. Plato, if I'm not misremembering, seemed to think he might be able to get the race lead if Cook hadn't held him up, which I think was perhaps a little bit... Bit of a stretch, um, I think. Bit of a stretch, but that's typical Jason. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit odd to see Cook not getting out of the way, but then if you're on the right tyre and the people around you aren't, what do you suppose to do? You are going to be three, four seconds a lap quicker, possibly. So, yeah, it's one of those odd ones, really. Yeah, very much so. Uh, for me, Shedden's drive in that race was fantastic. Coming from the back of the grid, like the right back of the grid, um, almost in the chicane when he started the race, wasn't he? Um, yep. Yeah, to drive all the way through to fourth and, and not have any incidents along the way or get caught up in any shenanigans, um, he'd done really well. Yep, I completely agree. I've gone for Hill because he stuck to his guns. You know, it would have been easy to go into the pits early to go onto the wets. Stuck to his guns, held it out, and then had no real right to hold second let, for a long, as long as he did. I mean, you know, we saw how the guys on slicks were tumbling, and just a superb drive in really, really tricky conditions. Yeah, completely agree. So your top fifteen then were Sutton from Plater from Hill, Shedden, Lloyd, Turkerton, Oliphant, Goff. Jackson, Jelly, Taylor Smith, Osborne, Chilton, Smelt and Smiley. That sums up the weekend's action in terms of the race. Shall we get to how we got on to the predictions and also the driver grades? Yes, very much so. Right then, I think we should pick up on the Jack Sears trophy now. Um, something that probably doesn't get spoken about near enough on the ITV4 coverage. But I appreciate they have a lot to get through. Uh, so there are 10 drivers in Jack Sears this year. Osborne, Robottom, Smelt, Boutel, Bordley, Hamilton, Parfit, Edwards, Geddy and Neat. Um, so drivers score pretty much in the same sort of way as they would do in the championship but if they don't finish the race they don't score points now we had predictions for this didn't we um at the start of the weekend you went for who to take home the jack sears this weekend yes yeah, this is the overalls not not each race yeah. but an overall winner and uh, i went for 
Sam Osborne. Yeah, and I went for Dan Rowbottom, and we're we're fairly on form, mate, because they finished one and two in the Jack Sears. Uh, Rowbottom did take home two Jack Sears wins in race one and race two. However, that tyre swapping that he did at the end of or midway through race three really set him back. Um, and he actually missed out on the Jack Sears Trophy this weekend by two points to Osborne, who had a third, a second, and a first. Um, that's decent progress, and a better drive than we've seen from Osborne, especially last season. Yeah, this is where the Jack Sears gets lost a bit, because we didn't really mention Sam Osborne all weekend. We haven't really mentioned him no. on this pod, and he wasn't particularly mentioned on the coverage. But he is leading the Jack Sears because that's that's the whole point of this trophy and it's, it just highlights how important it is. Um, equally, Sam Smelt sitting in third. Didn't, I don't think we mentioned him at all. And yet he's sitting third ahead of people like Boutel, Bordley and Hamilton. Um, but yeah, a good weekend for Sam Osborne. A good weekend for Dan Robottom as well, who um, yeah was you know, a, a good surprise. But yeah, Osborne drove well uh, and obviously he'll be aiming for the Jack Sears this year. Good start. Good start for me too. Yes, very good start for you. Bordley, I feel, was a little unlucky in this final race, obviously, with that move that Parfit tried to pull on him. Um, meant that he had a non-score in race three, otherwise he would have been right up there in third in Jack Sears um, if it weren't for that. So, uh, I think those those three uh, could possibly be the ones to watch out for across the season um, who will be looking to fight for the Jack Sears trophy win overall. Um, shall we move on to our driver grades then uh, now we've cleared up yep. all the other little uh, small snippets yep so I'll kick things off then with uh, Colin Turkington not the greatest weekend for the uh, guy of sports number two wanted to become number one questions remain about the BMW in the rain uh, yeah it's same old story isn't it um, a, a weekend of average results really qualified well up in third a little bit surprised with that uh, but then to finish 10th 7th and 6th it's a bit yeah and he's what 21 points off the leading championship already yep and rustiness with the move on Sutton which really then set his weekend back um, yeah it's not his greatest weekend I've gone for, we've gone for a C yep yeah I think that's uh, fair Oliphant Oliphant, we've also gone for a C again. Not necessarily his fault at times. A bit unlucky in race three with tyres tire, going off and a bit unlucky to be hit by Turkington. But then in race three, you add in he gets himself a five-second penalty, which is his own avoidable fault. Just not... And again, questions remain about overtaking for me. Yeah, he, he didn't make the same progress through the field like Sutton did in race one. Um, and I think, yeah, that's still where the issue lies for Oliphant. Um, the highest scoring BMW driver we've gone for is Jelly, who we've actually given a B to. Um, I think basically because you look at, he's unlucky in race one, an issue of the car, that's not his fault. Fights back really well in race two. Uh, and okay, race three starts pole, but given the uh, how he's shuffled down quite unacrimoniously by Sutton and uh, Turkson, does fairly well in difficult conditions. Yeah, battling back from starting 27th at the start of race 2 to 11th obviously then got turned around for a um, a race 3 pole um, and got an extra point on the weekend for leading that lap yeah I, yeah, I think a B is fair so you'd be disappointed to finish 10th when you start first but yeah. that is the nature of a, a wet race and 
the BMW doesn't work very well in the wet, as we keep saying. Nope. Uh, Aidan Moffat, then, over at Laser Tools. I've gone for a C. Expected a bit more. Yeah, it was it was a poor qualifying session for him, first of all. Down in 21st. Made good progress in race 1 up to 11th. And then decent progress in race 2 again with 8th. And then had that, that technical issue with the car, um, which put him out of race 3. It's good, encouraging signs from him, um, and if he can kick on in dry weather, then then good on him, and he could be uh, in the top ten a lot more often. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Ash Sutton, we've gone for an A, takes pole, race one, nothing you can do about that, fights back through really well. Race two, nothing you can do about an, uh, an issue, fights back really well, then takes a, a commanding first, didn't get caught up in tyre shenanigans picked a tyre, stuck with it and um, yeah, took the win. The car is ridiculously quick in his hands. Yeah yeah. yeah. Bordley, I've gone for a C given his opening race you'd expect him to be ahead of the Jack Sears really wouldn't you? Yes you would um, qualified 13th which was pretty good for him um, and then finished 12th and 17th and obviously had that contact with um, Parfit in race three. Otherwise, I think he'd have th- finished strongly as well. Um, I think he's showing more pace than he did last season, which is good signs. Yep, I hope, hopefully he's found a car that suits him, which would yep. be good to see. Uh, Gordon Shedden, we've gone for a B. Rustiness in race one. Race two didn't really... Well, well he did okay in race two, and then... It's race a, three. It's kind of a weekend of what should have been for Shedham, really. Mm. Um, the qualifying pace was okay in, se- in eighth, sorry. Um, yes, it's his own fault for that accident, but he fights back in race three so well that we, we can see more of that coming from him this season. Yeah, I think we've given him perhaps a little bit of a buy in insofar as... Um, two years out. Yeah, it's his fir- yeah, two years out. It's first time back in the car, exactly that. Uh, row bottom. I've gone for we've gone for a B. I was tempted to go for an A, given it, you know how long he's been out for and how rookie he still is. But I think B is about right. Perhaps got a little bit caught out in race three by tyre choices. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know whether they were his calls to come into the pits or whether that was a team call. Um, considering he was only one of like two drivers to do it, I think it's more likely to be his call, and he's just got it wrong. Yeah, that comes with experience, though, yep. doesn't it? Uh, okay, Kamish, I've gone for a B. Again, I was tempted to go for an A because you know how last minute he came in. A little uncharacteristically got caught up in the tyre madness in race three. But what more could you really ask for? Came, comes in, qualifies quite well, takes his podium and defends Josh in race two. Yeah, it's kind of what we expect from Kamish. And to do it on possibly the only race weekend that he's going to get in the car this year, um, it's a good performance from him. Uh, Josh Cook next. We've gone for an A. Double race winner. Race three, a write-off. Gets the tyres wrong, but you know, commanding two races believe, and a decent qualifying. I believe he got fastest lap in each race as well, which is yes. a, a, a good good hit rate, and we saw how quick that car was this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Edwards. Unfortunately, we've got to go for a D. We can only go on what we've, what we've seen. Obviously, we, obviously, race two not her fault and race three doesn't get to compete so we've only really judged her on qualifying in race one yeah qualified okay um had some decent pace um but then sort of like was one of the only drivers to lose positions through her own fault really in in race one everyone else who lost positions had technical issues yeah i mean you're not expecting to win a race on a no. debut weekend but yeah i think 
qualifying, she had a little off as well. A learning weekend. Yep, certainly. Uh, Jake Hill, A for me. Three thirds, qualifies well, holds his own in all three races, top of the championship. Fantastic weekend for him. Um, I don't think he could have hoped for much more. Maybe a win in that final race if he'd uh, held on. Yeah, but I mean, he'll be very, very happy yep. with that. Um, Ollie Jackson, I mean, I've gone. we've gone for a C. You had to talk me up from a D. Yeah, it was a good qualifying session from him. Uh, obviously caught up in that little instant with Shed in first race, which put him down to 19th. Um, I believe he had to come into the pits and fought back from the through the back of the field to 19th and then made constant progress throughout the rest of the weekend up to 9th overall, which I think is about where he is in, in championship standings of where he, he should probably finish this season. You'd be a bit disappointed that Robottom and Plato oh, yeah. finished in front of you in... Uh, you know, coming back to the series and butchering a new car though in race one yeah. if, you're, if you're being the critic uh, I think we've got to be a bit harsh on Jax because we know what's underneath there you know, we saw last year that he's a, you know, a good driver so we've got to be a little bit harsh I think expect more Yeah. Uh, Osborne B Jax is uh, leader of the way good results in the Jax is kept his nose clean that was important actually I mean we saw t- all too often last year make a mistake or be caught up in an instant no hint of that uh, this weekend three consistent races uh, 17th 16th and 12th good, can't good really solid weekend for him more. yeah in a new car as well yep yep it's a fair play uh, Andy Neaty nothing more to say yep. uh, Butcher we have a D4 again not the race 3 incident isn't his fault but he's only there because of an error in race 2 uh, and he didn't progress in race 3 at all uh, didn't qualify Qualified okay, actually. Disappointing to have a little bit too much slow pace in race one. It would have hurt having Ingram in the high end. I beat him on track as well in race one. Um, just not a, a particularly good weekend. Oh, I just wonder whether he's fully settled in the car yet. That's the only sort of like, sort of like little leeway I'll give him. Fair enough. Uh, Sam Smelt gone for a C. Not bad, not bad. A sign of hope for things to come. He's third in the Jack Sears. Solid, stayed out of trouble, and again, you know, that's a good marker on your you know, first first weekend back. Yeah, first points in the BTC as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, good for him. Um Ingram, gone for a C. Um hmm. you've gotta say he does well in race one, does quite a good job in qualifying. Race two doesn't do so well. That's okay, finishes uh, sixth. You know, struggles with the struggles weight, with the weight a little bit. Um, race three. It's his own fault, I think. Uh, yeah, own fault. Takes a few odd decisions on the tyres. And we're speculating slightly, but I imagine, I'm guessing one of the reasons he might have been late to the track was because of Tom likes to be a bit strange on the tyres. And I wonder if he was yeah. debating a bit too long. Well, that's speculation on our part, obviously. But expected him to do better race three is the sort of conditions he loves and yeah got nothing out of it i mean i will talk to the cows go home about his recovery drive at snetterton in the rain which was just ridiculous a couple of years ago and yeah but we we, we also saw him get a tire choice wrong at croft last season as well so th- yeah these things happen with him yeah absolutely Okay, then we've got Parfit, who did okay he took a third in the jack series in race three i believe yep it, um, it was an encouraging opening weekend. Shame about that move on boardly in the final race. 
Um, yeah, I think we're going to see a little bit more from him in weekends to come. Never been to Thruxton before either. No, and his pace wasn't terrible. It was like he, not like he was being gapped by everybody. It wasn't like a Mazepin situation. It's um, you know, he stayed with the, the lead pack fairly well. Didn't apart from the ball of the incident, didn't get too um involved in any scrapes. And by his own admission, knows where he needs to improve on. That's always a good sign. You know, he said that he's not good at the starts. He needs to improve that. It's good that you've got a sort of driver who's aware and can you know understand that. Yep, very much so. Uh, Butel, I've gone for a D. Not a particularly strong weekend for a driver expected a little bit more from this season. No, considering obviously Parfit coming in as his new teammate. Yes, Butel's new to the car as well, but he's not new to the championship. Um, and he, he hasn't done much better than Parfit this weekend at all. Um, yeah, we, we're expecting a little bit more from him. Agreed. Uh, Smiley, a D. Again, notwithstanding, there might well have been damage to the car, but a few errors along the way of his own making and didn't really get perhaps the points that he maybe deserved this weekend but when you look at it on paper it's a disappointing res- return for him. I was going to say his highlight was qualifying and that was only 10th so. Agreed. Uh, Nick Hamilton gone for a C fairly standard fairly smooth one big instant caught it well nothing spectacular nothing terrible. Bought the car home in every race. Which is you know, That's what's needed. What speed First and foremost, what they need at hard this year, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Jack Goff, B, you scored a top eight, which got you points in the prediction yes. game. Um, looked to have pretty good pace all weekend in a car, he'll still be learning. I still don't think it's beyond the realm's possibility we see Goff take a win in that car this year. I was going to say, three point scores on the opening weekend, um, it's encouraging signs. Absolutely, he's stuck with that CC, which would have been really hurting with him because he's, he is a quick driver and now he's got a chance to reignite that fire and I hope he does it yep certainly. Uh Glyn next up a D again we can only go on effectively qualifying in race one um, steady not spectacular expected a little bit more from being honest yeah had a few problems technical problems in qualifying which put him near the back of the grid um, only made up five possessions in race one yep Aaron Taylor Smith back in the championship and back in the points a C solid weekend got the car home didn't be, wasn't a hero didn't get the car Damage in any way. Constantly good solid opener. Constantly improved as well. Eighteenth, fifteenth, and then eleventh. Two point scores on your first weekend and only being three places off in the first race ain't a bad way to come back. No. Tom Chilton played a little bit with some technical issues, but did okay in a new car. I think Sicily was my disappointment of the weekend. Yeah. But C for him did okay did nothing spectacular yeah two point scores and as we say he retired in race three um, we'll be expecting a lot more from him once he gets to grips with the car though yep and to the same end Morgan of a D perhaps expected a bit more um, just wasn't really at it the car didn't look set up right just a good result in race one but went backwards from there yeah he's going to need to work on it I think uh, Jason Plato gone for a B Back in the championship, in the oldest car on the grid, the oldest man on the grid as well, looked proper up for the fight all weekend. Yes, he tarnished his copybook a little bit with his incident with Hill and qualifying, but three strong points finishes, third in the championship, and a th- uh, second place on the podium. Yeah, he's back. Lovely weekend for him. Uh, and finally, Dan Lloyd B, quite quiet, but score points was consistent and did really well in race three. I mean, he scored the same points as Shedden, who's a three-time British Touring Car Champion. He 
and that yeah. probably so we need to know so that sums up the grades let's do the awards of the weekend then your driver of the day my driver of the day was the championship leader coming out of this round uh, Jake Hill to take uh, three podium finishes in a weekend that was changeable difficult um, and in a brand new car to him don't forget it's a fantastic drive from him strong argument uh, I'm going to go for row bottom but with the caveat of a big shout out to Cook, Camish and Hill yep. uh, but row bottom exceeded all expectations uh, coped well with the pressure knowing that Flash was struggling and out of the race and knowing he needed to score points two Jack Sears wins a little bit unlucky in race three I mean you know if, if he gambles and he gets it right he's a hero if you gamble and get it wrong you get a bit stuck that's experience but a great move on Plato, a great move on uh, Morgan. He looks up for it. There's a racer here. I was going to say, it's some of the form that we, we saw from him in the Clios. Um, he's, yeah. he's able to battle with people. So that was good to see. Uh, villain of the weekend, I think we're probably both on the same page. Here. Yeah, it's Andy Neat, and we've spoken about it, so we'll move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just to say, it does his reputation no favours at all, does Not it? Not at all, no. Uh, your surprise of the weekend in the good side of things? Uh, my surprise was Robottom because of how well he managed to step up when Shedden had those issues in race one. Um, and if he'd have bought it home inside the points for the final race, then he probably would have been my driver of the weekend as well. Um, but certainly a surprise considering he'd been out for a year and stepping up to such a big team in dynamics. Yep, fair enough. Um, my surprise of the weekend is Jason Plato. Um, there was he won the last race he contested was at Brands and you thought okay is he is he back has a year off straight back into it older car held the pace really really well strong podium looked racy throughout looks like the old Plato's back with a bit of steel um, I will also give a shout out to Ingram and the Hyundai it's too early to say there's egg on my face but the egg has certainly been laid let's leave it <laughs> that there um, we'll see how crack, that develops cracks are showing yeah we'll, yeah. we'll see uh, your surprise bad of the weekend, or uh, bad surprise? My, my surprise bad was Morgan, although it could have quite easily gone to the whole of the Sicily team. Um, yes, it's a brand new car to them, uh, but it is a brand new BMW. Now, we know the BMW struggles at Thruxton, struggles in the rain, and it's a little bit difficult to get hold of. But after finishing 8th in race 1, we thought, OK, that's a, that's a standard Morgan finish, going a bit under the radar, um, but then didn't make any good progress from finishing 21st in race 2 and 18th in race 3 ok understand I'm going to go for Colin Turkington Ooh. now if there's any evidence that you're going to have a fight on your hands it was proved this weekend with the way Ash drove the car I just don't think Turkington looked on it at all this weekend he did well at qualifying don't get me wrong but an uncharacteristic mistake in race 1 it's so unlike Turkington to get caught out there and break late. Oh, okay, I know it's the first race of the season, but this is a, this is a driver who's going for an unprecedented fifth title. Two years in a row he's done it. Yeah. Two years in a row. Yep. That's all I yep. say. And the rest of the weekend was just not necessarily mistake stream, but there was no real pace. You know, he must have had half an idea he might be penalised, so I'm surprised he didn't go harder on here than race one in, to, you know, to try and get third and see what penalty came afterwards. Yeah. And did didn't just that, that racy at all. I know it's Colin. It's not Colin's style to be like Ash, and I'm not saying he's got to change his approach and become gung ho. 
but he's going to have a real fight on his hands this season. Just a bit of a meek performance. I don't think his usual just score points in the race is going to work because Ash is going to just win so much. I was going to say, he can't wait this season for Ash to make mistakes and then take advantage of them. He's got to be the one looking to push the envelope, shall we say. Yeah, he's, he's going to be, a, for me, it's a different style of championship this time for Colin. Uh, I don't think the steady Eddie approach is going to work. And that's reflecting the fact that, on paper, Sutton had a worse weekend than Turkerton, but leads them by 11 points already. Yeah. Already. Uh, effectively, Turkington finished fourth in race one, not tenth, but yes, he got the points for tenth. A fourth, a seventh, a sixth. Uh, that's an under par weekend from Turkington. And he never looked close to being on the podium. That's the other thing as well. I mean, you know, he didn't really hustle Hill particularly and it, um, in race one. If this is the case of the BMW struggling at Thruxton, we've still got to go back to Thruxton this year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and we've just about got time to uh, finish off with the prediction update. Sam, you currently lead 4-3. Uh, you went for race winners of Butcher, <laughs> Cook and Turkington. Uh, well, you got Cook, of course. I was, say, I was close. We both got Sorry, Cook. Yep, I was closer with Camish, Cook and Hill, and I'm quite annoyed that I didn't get another <laughs> point there, really, because both could have won races. Both finished... well. Hill third, but both finished second effectively. Sickeningly so I'm quite close. Ir- sickening, absolutely. In our overall predictions, you got two right here. You went for Goff to get a top eight finish, which he did. Yeah. Uh, and Ingram Trout score his teammates combined, which he did comfortably. Yeah, sh- I had a Plato podium. Shedden left my other one in the barrier in the first first couple of laps of race one. I was like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, your your Shedden top eight in all three failed quite spectacularly, quite quickly. Uh, yeah. I had a Plato podium, which he obviously pulled off in race three. A full Honda podium, which looked possible during race two. Danny Robo just couldn't quite get up into the first place and I had hard to outscore Accelerate which they failed only by 6 points so closer than you might have thought uh, it's Ingram scoring those 27 this weekend from race 1 and 2 yes uh, Jack says I won as you mentioned with Osborne my prediction there that was great from me uh, so and Bingo close. you're the only person who got the point of Bingo for Church being the fastest corner in the UK Uh I came close with Brave at Church, but not quite said. So I was going to say, currently... I think possibly in qualifying, although we don't count qualifying, that that um, they said something about the bollards not being there this weekend, and they put tyre barriers in at the final chicane, which I, I was quite perturbed by. Yes, that ruined your uh, yeah. uh, effort quite quickly. Um, I think that pretty much sums up the pod then. I mean, the Touring Cars is certainly back. We go to Snetterton in about a month's time. It's not my. It's a possibility. It's going to become my least favourite circuit on the track, and Thruxton is going to be elevated slightly. But we shall see. Well, you never um, know what racing is going to going to carry on there in five weeks' time. We're hoping, hoping with fingers crossed that we can get there this this time. Yes, the, they are going to be allowing some fans in as it stands. The number to be confirmed likely to be around four thousand, but I, obviously. With that announcement today, by the way, mate, I think that number might go up. Seeing as we're, no, gonna, I think it will. We're going to be allowed ten thousand in stadiums. I I could see that number going up significantly as well. I wouldn't. I think we might get to fifty percent capacity. Yeah. I think. I, I'm hoping because the fans need to get back because it's such a good ob- ob- event. Obviously, I don't think they'll be allowed back near the pits and stuff like that for for sensible reasons. Um, but certainly. 
crowds around the circuit, especially with Snetterton being such an open circuit as well. Yeah, I don't suppose drivers would necessarily want fans in with them at the moment. Well, this is the risk of getting COVID because they don't want to get ill and miss races. But yeah, I think you're right. If, they can, if we can get into a situation where we can just have people trackside, the rest will come. Uh, yeah, very much. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, in the break, there will be some teams fixing their cars back up again. I'm looking at Team Hard. Um, they they always like to put the work in there and they do a fantastic job. Uh, we'd love to hear how your predictions came in across the weekend. Um, how you think the championship is going to play out, although we are in the early stages. And who surprised you this weekend? Who, who um, made you... Made you look twice, shall we say? Yep, we'll be back with a few further pods during the uh, gap between now and Snetterton. But until then, make sure you follow, subscribe, tell a mate, drop a review, etc. And uh, we'll speak to you very soon. Yep, speak to you soon. Bye. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 